Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. We're talking about how to do business better on this podcast. And so if you're ready, it's time to get some good advice. Enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Benz, and we're going to be talking some good advice today. We're going to be talking some leadership today, some management today. And it's, it's man, I don't even know where to start with this. There is so much leadership content out there. And it goes, you know, any, it can go any sort of way. You know, you see some content that is uh, very, we could say, practically driven. And so I see leadership, quote, content around how to manage your day, how to organize your day, you know, time management, stuff like that, which is all fine in the leadership space. I don't have any problem with someone who that is their their deal that they talk about, but it's it's not my deal that I talk about, right? And it's only because for me, that kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's stuff that anybody can learn. It's stuff that anybody can figure out. You know, if you want to become a better time manager, you can probably figure that out. Now, I'm not saying that making new habits is easy. I'm not saying this stuff doesn't take work. It's just, it's not me and my message and what I'm doing with my listeners. Now, for me, I've always been really excited about the nitty gritty, you know, really getting under the hood, getting beneath the surface when it comes to your leadership development, who you're becoming as a leader, who you're becoming as a boss. You know, with business owners that I work with, especially the ones who have employees, it's fun to talk about customers and getting more customers and growing your business. But but what's really fun is when we get to this conversation of leadership and how, you know, you may be leading a team of five, you may be leading a team of 10, 15, 20, maybe even more. And it's how do I wrangle these people in a way that gets them excited and motivated and bought in? And I don't mean something fluffy where it's like, you know, they're jazzed up on Monday, but on Friday, they're just like, give me the weekend, please. I'm talking about a business where people show up excited to work. That's what leadership is. You know, you're helping people really, you're helping them contribute in a way that fulfills them. And that's something that sometimes people, we think it's fluffy, we think it's soft, we think it's, you know, oh, you're talking about motivation in the workplace, you're talking about this inspiring stuff, and I, I'm really not. I'm really, you know, if, if for those of you who know me personally, and some of my listeners do, you know that I, I, I've never been about fluff, I've just always been about the real, genuine conversation. And I've been having a lot of these conversations lately with different business owners on, uh, not even just business owners, just friends. You know, we're just talking about life. We're like, man, what does this look like? In fact, I, I've been having some great conversations with just peers on not even just leadership, but like, man, what does it mean to really, you know, um, I can't even think of an example here. What does it really mean to prioritize your family? Like, what does that really mean? 
Because, you know, we say stuff like that. You know, if you ask any business person, hey, what what matters most? And pretty much chances are they're going to say family. And yet we have families all over that don't get enough time from their parents or they don't get enough um, love and attention. And, you know, it's just it's you can call that mixed priorities or you could call it you know, we'd like to say one thing, but actually walk out something totally different. And so I'm all about the real conversations and the real work that has to happen for us to have more successful lives and especially our businesses. Now, before I get into what I really want to dive into today, I want to take a second and right off the bat, if you're someone you're listening, you're thinking, man, I've been trying to become a better leader, especially if you are a business owner and you've been thinking about Man, how do I how do I get my people on board? And what I mean by on board, I mean people who they just know what to do. You know, like they you're going a certain direction because it can feel this way sometimes in management where you're going one way and you feel like you can't go that way because you keep having to double back and it's like herding cats, right? Like you you keep having to double back and re <laughs> refocus people, repoint people in the right direction. And it's like you could never move forward because you keep having to pause and go back to the people that you work with and get them refocused on the right things. And it's, 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 you know, and let me pause there. It's not because your people are, your people are, um, immature. It's not because that they are incapable. It's, it's not because that they are stupid and competent, you know, and, and I say all these things because there's a very narrow band of egotistical leader, egotistical leaders where that's where their mind goes. I can't get my people going where I want them to go. Therefore, there must be something wrong with them. They they are the problem. They're the issue. I mean, this is the, and you don't have to look far for this type of person. This is the type of leader who is going to throw up their hands and say, or maybe they're going to put their hands in their face uh, and they're going to say, oh my gosh, millennials, right? <sighs> millennials. You know, it's the person, they, they say that and they kind of just raise their eyebrows. You're like, you know, it's tough. It's tough with millennials. And it's always, it's always the problem of the employee and what they're not doing that, that sort of creates that friction for them. Now, if you are someone who you're trying to bring people on board, I want you to email me. I'm Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. You can go to my website. I have so much content to help you. And, and I might have some things that you can immediately be doing to, to be getting you, um, getting those people on board, so to speak. Beyond that, what I want to share in today's episode, which this has been on my mind for a while, but I haven't had time to really get it, get this episode out. Right now, it's it's a Friday afternoon. Uh, it's the end of the day. I finally got myself in front of the microphone. I've been swamped recording interviews for the podcast. We're booked literally, right now this episode is, it's Valentine's Day. So I'm wrapping this up before thinking about uh, how do I make my last Valentine's Day with my wife feel really special? And it's not because we're going anywhere. It's because we're having a baby. And so not that we aren't going to have more Valentine's Days. I just know it's different. And so I'm thinking about how do I make this really special for her? But so I've had a lot of things going on. I've had a lot of things going on with the podcast. By the way, if you didn't see, the podcast now has broken the top 50 in entrepreneurship. It landed at number 38 on the Apple store, uh, which just blows my mind. And so thank you for those of you who've been listening long-term. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it. But so I finally have got myself in front of the microphone and I'm ready to talk about the one thing that you need to think about for your leadership. 
You know, you can go to any number of blogs and find the list of five things, the list of 10 things, you know, and you can find it all. Like I mentioned at the start, you can find all levels of leadership from the really surface tactical stuff like managing your day, like delegation to some stuff that's like really deep and kind of raw. Like you read some of this content, you're like, man, I don't know what to do about this. Like, should I feel guilty? Should I feel inspired? Should I feel motivated? And it's things like, you know, your identity as a leader and your belief in yourself as a leader. And I, and I don't mean like, do you believe in yourself? It's like, how do you see yourself? And what do you see yourself as capable of accomplishing? You know, more importantly, how do you see your employees? Like deep down, how do you really see your employees? How do you see your team? Are they people that, you know, their job is to make your goals happen? Or have you flipped the pyramid a little bit and instead you see yourself as a change agent for them and their vision and their goals? You know, is it something where you're constantly thinking about how do I make this person more successful or is it get mine and me and, you know, how do I make it happen for myself? There's a wide variety of content out there and they have, they have all, they all have different levels of judgment on them. Meaning, you know, some of them you read and you're like, oh my gosh, this author must know who I am and written this exactly for me. Some of it doesn't really ping and that's okay. So I want to talk about, you know, in the slew of leadership content out there, I want to talk about the one thing, literally the one thing that will totally wreck you as a leader, if you can't get a grip on this, it's the one thing that if you cannot understand this, if you can't make this a habit in your leadership, if this isn't part of your core DNA, I promise you, and I'm not speaking this over you. I'm not being negative. I'm not being cynical. I'm just, I'm, this is coming from working with thousands of leaders, thousands of leaders. If you do not have this, there will be a cap on your leadership influence. There'll be a limit on it. There'll be a plateau. You will find yourself advancing in your career and then wondering why you can't seem to go any higher or any farther. You'll influence a band of people and you'll wonder why can't I seem to grow my influence? The one thing it's found in a super soft word and I call it a soft word because I know a multitude of people who, when they read this chapter in a book on this topic, they'll skip over this chapter. They'll skim through it. They'll say, yeah, 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 I got that. Where's the good stuff? You know, like, get me to the important stuff. But this is the one thing and it's called self-awareness. It is literally the most impactful concept. It's the most impactful skill that will revolutionize your business and your leadership. It's the one thing. And I've seen this, you know, I've always thought it's important. I've always thought it mattered. But as I've worked with people more and more over the last year, over the last 18 months, I've seen this totally disrupt people's careers. And I've told the story before about the guys who have been maybe three or four years ago how I would do like 360s with people. And a 360 review, if you're not familiar with what this is, this is essentially what happens. It's called a 360 because, you know, 360 is a circle. So there's your math lesson for the day. And it's called a 360 because you're getting feedback from everyone who's around you. So you're talking about, 
you know, your direct reports, people who work for you. You're talking about your peers, your bosses. Some people even have like their spouse fill this out, close friends, clients, customers, you know, what have you. And you have everybody tell you who you are as a person. And so you're getting the 360 degree view of who you are. And it's very much perception is reality because you don't always realize how you come across to people. And so this can be a very eye-opening moment. This can be, in fact, most often when I do this with people, I often hear people say, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, I didn't know when I did that. It's It actually, you know, for me, I thought I was being really assertive. I thought I was being bold. I thought I was being direct and confident. And this person thinks that I'm a huge jerk. You know, that's the, that's the disconnect of perception there is we, we just, we don't always know how people view us, but it's not about, it's not about even do people like us or we viewed the right way. It's sometimes we don't realize that our actions don't create the intended effects that we think that they're, they're creating. And so I was, anytime I do these 360s, I get really great feedback uh, it makes me sound really arrogant. I don't mean when I do a 360 for myself, I get great. I'm sure if I did it for people around me, they'd be like, Blake, you got problems. What I mean is when I do this with people, it's usually a pretty great process because it's just really eye opening. Well, I've had only a couple of people who were helpless. The one, and I've told the story a million times. You may have even, if you've come to an event I've spoken at, if you've worked with me in the past, you probably even heard me tell this story. There was one guy who was really struggling in his business. And he had, uh, and this is, someone made a comment the other day to me that every bad manager is typically a great salesperson. And I kind of laughed because I thought, oh my gosh, that's so true. Because what, it, what tends to happen is someone is a really awesome individual contributor and they go on to, you know, hey, this person's really good at sales. Let's make them the, the leader of the sales team. And that's exactly what happened to this person. This guy was pretty phenomenal as a salesperson, becomes the director of sales. And he is like way ahead of the game. Like his peers are like five to 10 years older than him. He's very young in this position. And I don't say that to mean like he's immature, although he was. I say it to mean like this guy had just really gotten ahead on his professional journey. Well, his his boss who had hired me had said, hey, he's really struggling. He's not. It's not clicking for him. It's not working for him. And he said, basically, can you do a 360? Can you work with this guy and help him you know, grow in his self-awareness? So we do this 360 and the feedback is just awful. I mean, it's literally the worst I've ever seen. It's things like, he's not just a bad boss, but a terrible human being. And I remember reading that thinking like, ouch, wow. Because most of the feedback, it's all anonymous. Most feedback is things like, ah, they're a good boss, but they could probably work on this. They could probably do, hey, maybe if you've thought about this. So even when people are anonymous, they're still relatively tame. Well, this guy's team did not hold back. And so they're saying things like he's a terrible human being. Some people are like saying, and they're not even like writing about him. They're like writing directly to him. They're saying, hey, you, you're a bad boss. I don't want to work for you. You're a bad leader. I mean, it's just gut punching. I mean, it's bad. So I put all this information in front of him and we're talking and he starts reading through the comments. And typically what happens is somebody will get the feedback about a day in advance. They'll go through it on their own. And then when, when, when they and I actually sit down and talk, they've already thought about it. They've already looked at it. Well, in his case, you know, of course, he was like, oh, yeah, I haven't even looked at it yet. I, haven't even, I don't even care, whatever. And so I was already kind of annoyed by this. But so I say, okay, take, take some time, look at it, and let, then let's talk. So he looks at it, and 
essentially what happens he's just flipping through it and i'm kind of waiting for this aha moment i'm waiting for him to say you know oh my gosh like i can't believe this i'm going to change well instead what happens is he takes a minute he looks up and he says wow and i'm just like waiting i'm paused and he goes wow i had no idea and I'm kind of like, I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling a bit motivated inside. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a really great conversation. And so he says, wow, I had no idea. I need to fire these people. And he says it totally, directly, bluntly, boldly, without any hesitation. I need to fire these people. They do not know me at all. And I, I hear him say this and I think, whoa yikes dude really and this is a guy who i mean we're not talking just bad boss we're talking like a boss who when his employees which their employees had vacation time that they're they're given for their jobs just like every other job when his employees would request vacation he would bring them in and he would say what do you need vacation for what are you going to go do why what's going on and would basically guilt them would basically shame them for taking vacation. In fact, he would even say things like, don't you care about our customers? And don't you, you know, do I, this is the kind of person who would be like, you know, do I need to find someone who really cares? You know, it's the kind of person who would reward like, you know, the endless hours. Uh, it's just toxic all around. And so he, he and I had one conversation together. His boss had paid for five meetings with this guy. And literally after the first conversation, I went back and I said, you know what? To his boss, I said, you need to, here's your money back. This guy cannot be helped. Or maybe I'm just a, maybe I guess I'm not qualified enough to help this person. He's the only person. There was one other person who had a very similar uh, story. So two people out of hundreds, if not thousands of leaders, it's for sure thousands of leaders that I've worked with. The only two who have said this person cannot be helped. And the reason for that, it's the simple concept of self-awareness. So let's talk about self-awareness. What is self-awareness? When, when we talk about being more self-aware, what does that mean? You know, it's not the cheesy life coaching. Uh, and, and let me just apologize. I, I rip on life coaching a lot, not because it's not, not because there aren't amazing mindset coaches, life coaches, whoever out there you know, the people who are out there actually doing the work. It's because just like with business coaching, which I also love to rip on business coaching, there are people who frankly, they've made concepts so superficial or so tacky or so cliche that they they no longer have any meaning anymore. You know, it's like, it's like the, it's like the person who says, you know, you're not, you got to really know yourself. And you're like, okay, yeah, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, you got to be so more self-aware. Okay. Well, what is that? And the best way to describe self-awareness, you know, without like being obnoxious and being like the Oxford definition, the best way to understand self-awareness, it's to take how you perceive yourself and to understand how closely aligned that is with how other people perceive you. So let me say that again. Envision how other people see you and how you see yourself. If those things are aligned, if they're congruent, if they're equal, 
then you are self-aware. Now, it doesn't mean that you're a great person. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You know, you could be self-aware and be phenomenal. You could also be self-aware and be a total jerk and be like, yeah, I'm a jerk and I know it and I don't care. You know, I mean, and I know people know I'm a jerk. I mean, it, it could be that. But what I have found in the majority of leaders that I talk to is that self-awareness, they are desperately lacking in their self-awareness. They're lacking in their understanding of how their actions are impacting other people. And it's tough. It is tough for us to have this conversation. And let me tell you why. It's because when I talk about the person who is not self-aware, where our mind typically goes is like the extreme, terrible boss who is like just so blissfully ignorant, who is so rude, who's crippling their team, you know, who is just so egocentric. And guys, I have to tell you that that is so rare to see someone that way. In fact, when I, when I think about the people I've worked with, I can think of maybe people that fit on one hand who were that extreme boss. What I typically see are leaders who are desperately unaware but they're well-meaning. They're well-intentioned. I mean, deep down, they want to do right. They want to be a good leader. You know, they want their team to be successful, but they're blissfully, they're blissfully ignorant. And in fact, I was so enthralled by this concept. I, I started just running into leaders more and more who were not self-aware that I wanted to learn more about this. I wanted to figure out like, is this, is this just my area that I'm living in? Well, Harvard Business Review back in, I think it was 2018, maybe it was 2016, they did a study on self-awareness and they wanted to figure out how many people actually are self-aware, especially leaders. How many leaders are actually self-aware? And so what they did was they took this 360 that I mentioned, they took the 360 and what happened was they basically surveyed a load of leaders. They had them do the 360 for themselves and they had them go down through the, the questions, the survey questions on the 360. You know, how are you as a leader? How composed are you? Are you a strategic thinker? Are you a good organizer of your time? You know, kind of all the basics you would think about about being a professional person. So they have all these questions and someone will go down and they'll rate themselves from one to five or what have you. And then they would go to all of the people who know them. You know, again, it's, it's called a 360. So they're going to everybody who works with them and they're asking, asking these people to evaluate themselves. And then they compare those two scores, how you rated yourself and how other people rated you. And essentially what HBR did was anytime there was a significant difference in those scores, they essentially concluded this person is not self-aware. And whenever these scores were pretty similar within a point maybe, they said, okay, this person's pretty self-aware. How they see themselves is pretty accurate to how other people see them, for better or worse. So thinking about this, they put out then their conclusions and said, here's the percent of people who are actually self-aware. And I want you to ask yourself, how many people, what percent of people do you think are self-aware? What percent? What number would you guess? It's not 50% of people are self-aware. It's actually less than that. It's not 40%. It's not 30%. It's not even 20%. It's 10 to 15% of people are actually self-aware. 10 to 15% know their, their, their mental thinking, their perception of themselves 
matches how other people see them. That means that there's 90% of people, 9 out of 10, or almost 9 out of 10, who are not self-aware. That can include me. Just because I'm doing the podcast episode doesn't mean that I'm the self-aware one, right? I mean, my wife, just the other day, I was being, I was, we were talking through something. And she goes, I don't, she goes, please don't get upset over this. Which I'm thinking like, I'm not a rageaholic. Like what, what do you mean don't get upset? And she said, you just, you don't realize how your tone sounds sometimes. Because I'm very firm and I'm very direct. And I, I just speak my mind. I'm like, this is what I think. And so she goes, you don't realize how your tone comes across. It comes across as abrasive. And in my mind, I'm just being matter of fact. I'm a matter of fact person. Well, that is an insight. That's a clue to me, Blake, I need to be more self-aware about my relationship and how I communicate things to my wife. And that's kind of the magic of self-awareness where, where the reason you want to become more self-aware is because it's going to impact how you lead your teams. And anytime I see companies where people are leaving in mass, people are unhappy, people are not achieving strong outcomes, nearly every time there's a boss at the top who's blissfully ignorant and not self-aware. Great example of this. I was having lunch with a leader just this last week. And he was talking about how his team members, and I've known this company for a while. I've known it for a few years. And he's talking about how his team members have quit over the last few years. In fact, his team has turned over, and a couple of positions especially have turned over several times just in the last few years. And he was kind of complaining about this. He was like, man, this is like such a bummer. Like, what is the deal? You know, he was like, why can't I seem to find good employees? And I hear this a lot, and I always get a kick out of it. I hear things like, oh, you know, it's impossible to find good workers these days. Oh, it's impossible to find people you can trust. You know, oh, and you know, again, millennials, you're like, well, what's going to happen with the next generation? And so he's talking about this and he go, and then finally, as he's talking this through, he says, he just adds, he goes, man, and I'm a great leader. Like, I don't get why this is happening. I'm a great leader. And I just, I just, I paused and interrupted and I said, are you a good leader? And he just like paused and. Because, I mean, I just totally interrupted him. And he stared at me and he was like, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. And I go, well, how do you know? And he was like, uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I don't steal from my employees. Like, I don't, you know, I don't beat them. <laughs> That's the bar, right? For a good leader. I don't beat my employees. And I said, well, what's, what's your evidence? How do you know that's true? And I'm not like a psychiatrist. I'm not like, you know, you know, walking, I'm like, I'm not like peeling back layers. I just, you know, my job as a consultant or a coach is to, you know, is to ask the tough question. So it's, you're a great leader. Okay. How do you know? What's the truth? What's the evidence that you know that that is true? And he doesn't really know what to say. And I, I, I say, basically, I mean, here's what I know is that when people are quitting over and over again in a company, if it, when, when, when people are trying to get out from working in your business, because he was like, oh, it's just the nature of the business. You know, it's a high turnover field, yada, yada, which may be true. There may be an influence there of it's a stressful field. But I said, if people are trying to stop working here, if they're quitting and going somewhere else. I don't know about you, but 99% of the time when that happens, 
it's not them. It's the leader. It's you. And so when you say you're a great leader, I wonder to what effect that is true because the great leaders I know, I would run through a wall for them. I would follow them anywhere. I would work, I would work for them for life and they wouldn't even have to pay me. I mean, they have to pay me a little bit, but I, I mean, I would, I, would, I would go to the ends of the earth to work for them. And what I've found to be true is that sometimes it's just easier to blame someone else than to take responsibility for our leadership, to realize that what we're doing is not productive for the business. And I mean this in all sorts of ways. I don't, I don't mean, because again, I want to challenge you to, for your mind to not go to the extreme egocentric leader, you know, the malicious, awful boss. I'm even talking about the people who don't realize how their behavior is costing them their business. I'm talking about the leader who, you know, not just the one who emotionally is a wreck, you know, the leader who, for example, like yells at their employees and they say, well, I got to, I got to correct them. You know, I have to tell them what the right thing is. And it's like, well, no, you're actually coming across as micromanaging and parental. I'm talking about the leader who, even on the other side of things, who says, you know, I'm a great boss because I just, I let my people choose what they want to work on. I let them set their own goals. I let them, um, I let them, you know, really work on what they want to work on that day. But your people are actually drowning because they don't, they don't feel grounded. They don't feel anchored. They don't know why their work matters. And they don't even know what they should be working on. They're kind of, they're even like kind of saying, Hey, I need you to give me some direction here. I need you to tell me like, what, where's our business going? Like, I feel like we're just kind of aimlessly wandering in the business. You know, it's not, again, it's not the high intensity parental micromanaging boss that this happens with. This could happen with everybody. You know, it's the leader who they say, man, I'm a great listener, but they talk all the time. Or the leader who says, man, I'm such an empathetic leader. And maybe they are, but nothing gets done in their business. No one's held accountable. You know, in that leader's mind, it's, you know, we all really like each other. We're a family here. And they are a family there. But no one gets their work done. No one gets called to task to say, hey, you didn't do this. Or you didn't do it to the level of quality that's expected for our customers. See, this is actually one of the most detrimental things that can happen in your business because you don't even know what's happening. Because again, your perception is not reality. It's not what's really happening in the business. But if you can get a glimpse of your blind spots, if you can get a glimpse of, you know, it's, it's, it's like getting a clue about the things that maybe you don't even realize are true about you. If you can get a glimpse of those things, it can totally transform you. Here's what I mean by this. I'm a very sarcastic person. I love to be sarcastic. It's it's totally, you know, the good news is that my wife is usually with me and so I'll make a comment and the other person doesn't know. They're like, uh, are, you, are you joking? Are you being serious? Like, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and Joy will usually say like, he's just kidding. Like, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, I remember I, I, I had a birthday at one point and nobody came to it. And I, I thought to myself, that's weird. I feel like people really like me. And I started to peel back the layers and I started realizing that people who worked with me, people who were around me, they were like, dude, you're kind of a jerk. Like you're kind of sharp. You're kind of abrasive. And in my mind, what was really fun about me and really great about me didn't really communicate that to the people around me. And so 
that moment gave me a clue. There's something that I'm doing here that isn't pinging. Another example, I was at, at a company I was working at. There was one day we had our, our kitchen break room. And for whatever reason, I don't know why we were doing this, but we had a whiteboard and everyone was, everyone's names was on the whiteboard and someone decided we're going to assign spirit animals because uh, that was like a really big thing like five years ago, spirit animals. Not really, I'm just kidding. But but everyone joked about spirit animals. And so everyone had a spirit animal written next to them. So it was like, this person's a dolphin and this person's like, you know, a tiger. Well, next to my name, someone wrote uh, Black Mamba, which, you know, what was notorious about um, Kobe Bryant was sort of like this um, make it happen you know, even it was sort of like this, I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to do what I know is right. Even if I'm not even thinking about other people around me, it's, and it's less about being selfish. It's more about like, this is what I'm doing. And, and even, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to make it happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. Even if the team isn't with me, I'm going to, I'm going to full charge ahead here. Well, so I was in the break room and I'm walking through and I see this and I just, it just strikes me for just a second. I just paused for a second and I thought, Huh. I wonder why someone wrote Black Mamba over something else. And here's what I don't mean about here's what I don't mean about self-awareness. I'm not talking about being sensitive. I'm not talking about being emotional. I'm not talking about like my feelings are hurt. I'm talking about getting a glimpse of what someone else says and pausing and, and just reflecting just for a second and thinking, huh, why did that person say that? You know, this client who worked with me for forever. All of a sudden, they ended the contract. And maybe they said, you know what? We just don't need your services right now. But really, maybe it's because I did a bad job. And in my mind, I'm continuing to operate my business in a way that I think is fully functioning. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. When really, the product I'm delivering is not good. And I've had that happen. I've actually had clients of mine who've come to me and they've said, Blake, I'm so glad I'm working with you now. It, it's, man, this other business we were with, it, was, it just was not good. It was not good, Blake. The customer service was not there. It was not good. And then I'll run into someone from that business and this client will get brought up and they'll say, yeah, yeah, they just wanted to take a break for a while. You know, they just wanted to do this instead. You know, I think they're going to come back in a little bit. And I'm thinking, dude, you are clueless. You are totally lacking in self-awareness. You don't get it. And I'm giving these stories to help you understand. Again, there's a very practical, real, actionable piece to this. We're not talking fluff. We're not talking about, you know, your, your identity, you know, and myself, you know, it's nothing, you know, and part of it is that it's what's beneath the surface, but it's, it's not, it's not feel good stuff. It's I'm realizing clarity on who I think I am versus who I actually am. You know, and I had a, a woman named Chris Mack who was on the podcast, give the perfect story of this. She talked about how when her father passed away, her sister was at the wedding and all these people had come out to support her. But her herself, uh, Chris Mack, people that she had reached out to just hadn't really shown up. She was kind of there by herself. And she was like, why are these, why have these people not come to support me? And it wasn't like, it wasn't out of bitterness. It wasn't out of anger. It was more just out of like, again, it's, it's that moment. It's when you catch that glimpse for a moment. What am I doing in my relationships that for whatever reason, has kept people from feeling connected to me enough to come out and support me in the passing of my dad. 
You know, what is it? What needs to change? And, you know, if you want to be more self-aware, here's what you can do. Not only do you need to be able to pause and think through things that happened, and I'm going to give you something else that some people will, again, <laughs> they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's fluffy. I'm not doing that. You might even think about journaling and reflecting. This is what happened. This is what's going on, not just in my life, but in my business. You know, and this is why it's so important to have uh, stability in your business. Because if you're always going from fighting fire to fire to fire, you're never going to be able to get the moment to actually pause and say, okay, hang on, what's going on in my business? Why is this not working? Why am I not getting the customers that I need? You know, why am I not getting the employees that I need? So being able to pause is important. And frankly, being bold enough to ask for feedback. So what this looks like, it's surrounding yourself with truth tellers. I got a podcast episode on this. You can find it. I don't remember what number it is. But surrounding yourself with truth tellers where when you go to someone after a meeting and you say, hey, when I said this, did this come across the wrong way? Was this, was this harsh? You don't want people who just want to encourage you all the time. My best friends will tell me like it is. <laughs> and they aren't there to say, Blake, you're amazing. Blake, you're awesome. They're there to say, yeah, Blake, it was abrasive. And frankly, it was awkward. And I think you broke serious trust with that person. And I, I think you need to never say that again. In fact, I've had, I've had someone tell me that before. They're like, yeah, you need to not say that ever again. And, you know, that stuff hurts to hear. You know, you don't want to hear from your friends that you've, you've blown it or you've missed it or from people you work with. But see, if you, can, if you can be bold enough to ask for that feedback, think about how that would transform your business. To go to your employees and to ask them, hey, what do you think about me? I don't mean that you like me. I mean, do I, do I really support you? Do I really give you the tools you need to be successful? Do you really, and not even about me specifically, do you really feel like your work matters here? Do you feel like that you're recognized here? Do you think that you get rewarded for the good job that you do here, that you get recognized for it? Which these things are all part of your leadership. But even asking questions like that, for someone to say, no, my, my work. In fact, man, I was just having this conversation with somebody. They said, do you feel fulfilled here? And I said, no. And, and it wasn't like, oh man, well, that bothers me. It was kind of like, well, what are you doing wrong then? You know, why, why don't you? You know, and, and it was like a missed opportunity right there. Could have been a moment of self-awareness of, ooh, that's interesting. And it wasn't. And, and you know, it, it wasn't like extreme or bad. It, it was a very minor conversation. But, you know, seeking feedback from people, that's one of the most powerful ways you can actually get clarity and get, get congruency on who you think you are and who you actually are. And I'll never forget, I, I've told the story a few times. I was at a men's group uh, with my church. It's early in the morning. It was like six in the morning. It was way too early. And the guy leading the group said, I, asked, I went to my wife and I asked her to rate me in these five areas from one to five. Five areas as a husband. And it was tough. This is what she told me. And he talked about this and he said, guys, here's, here's your homework. I want you to go to your wives and I want you to ask her to rate you in these same five areas. And I remember being really excited about it, jazzed about it, motivated about it. And you know what I ultimately did? 
I went that day and asked her to rape me because I wanted to know, okay, I'm totally kidding. I did not go to her at all. I, I was, I was so, and it's the reason we don't ask people these questions. I was so afraid of what she would tell me and what, what kind of blow it would do to my ego. I was worried that she would tell me I wasn't as great a husband as I wanted to be, that she would tell me I was failing, that I wasn't good enough, uh, that I wasn't a, you know, whatever these five categories were that I was just blowing it, which she wouldn't have done. I mean, she's, she's so caring and loving and amazing. She, any kind of criticism would always be given in the sweetest of ways, but I didn't do it because I didn't want to really face reality for how I was doing as a husband. I think we do that a lot as leaders. I think we resist feedback and not even from people we work with, even from our customers, because sometimes when we aren't doing as good as we think we are, it hurts. That is why you've plateaued in your leadership. That's why you can't get more influence, more impact, and more business, and a more successful business. So until you can let your ego die and have thick skin and be willing to hear the hard truths you're never going to move forward. You will never be the leader that you were meant to be, that all of your talents have been incredibly uh, sewn together to make this amazing person that you are. It's never going to happen. Self-awareness, it's powerful. So here's your homework, just like I was given homework. Your homework is to go ask the people who are closest to you, as well as the people you work with, as well as your customers, how you're doing what they think about you. You know, if you are creating a product that they love, it's amazing how many times, by the way, I'll talk to people and they'll talk about how amazing their product is. And I'll say, well, have you talked to your customers? Have you asked them? Well, no. Well, I mean, they bought it, right? They must love it. Well, did they ever buy it again? Did they buy anything else from you? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, maybe they didn't have a great experience, right? We don't have these conversations again because they hurt. So your homework, go have these conversations, go ask people. And hey, if you got a great story to tell about this, I mean, if you went out and created some clarity for yourself, if you gained and grown in your self-awareness, then I want to hear about it. I want to hear your story. Heck, I might even want to share your story. Email it to me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. And I'll end with this. I'll end with a story that someone shared with me. Dr. Ray Cross, he's amazing. Got a podcast episode on him. Again, it's somewhere in there. You can go look for it. But Ray Cross, that's C-R-O-S, talked about his dental practice. And he's been in business for forever, over a decade. And the first two years, I think actually like 15, 20 years he's been in business. The first two years were miserable. In fact, he almost went bankrupt. I mean, it was on the brink of collapse. And I asked him, hey, so what changed? What went different? How did you become, how did your business become successful? And he said, Blake, I accepted that my problems had very little to do with everyone else and it had everything to do with me. It's a tough truth, but hey, his business is flourishing now. I hope the same for you. Get out there, get some clear feedback, and let's really tackle this concept of self-awareness. Thanks for listening. I'll see you later.